Hey everybody, this is Reagan Canope and Ben Bowman. Welcome to this emergency edition of the Oregon Bridge. Her quote is, I didn't ask for his endorsement. I don't want his endorsement and I reject his endorsement. Johnson said in a statement on Friday, he broke the law, he incited violence at our capital and he's an extremist. I reject his view and any extremist who would try to tear the state apart. That's why I'm running for governor. All right, everybody, this is Reagan and Ben. We're here with you for this emergency edition, the very first emergency edition of the Oregon Bridge. A and serious our guest today, emergency. It's a, a very serious, real emergency. emergency. <laughs> our guest today is former conservative co-host of the Oregon <laughs> Bridge, Alex Titus. Guys, it's good to have you here. Hey, it's, uh, it's really good to be on today, guys. <laughs> I really appreciate the work that you're doing. You've done a really good job, Reagan. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. I really appreciate that. So I want to get into this. Ben, you and Alex write uh, your co-authors of a of a political newsletter. It's basically Politico playbook or punch bowl, whatever you want to say, for Oregon politics. And you guys broke some news on Monday. Can you kind of go through what happened with that news? We did. So basically what happened was a source reached out to Alex and said that he had heard a rumor that Mike Nearman, former state representative who was the first ever representative to be expelled from the Oregon State House for his involvement in the Capitol insurrection that happened in Oregon, had endorsed Betsy Johnson at a Polk County GOP meeting. And so Alex sort of followed up on this lead reached out to Mike Nearman, asked for a quote. Nearman supplied a quote. We put in the liftoff. I will read it to you now. So as to why he's endorsing Betsy Johnson, Mike Nearman said, Johnson's nose for agency waste and inefficiency will give executive branch agencies the focus that they need to effectively provide the citizens of Oregon the level of service they deserve. If we elect Johnson governor for the first time in four decades, we will have an actual arm's length negotiation during collective bargaining with government employee unions. As to why he's not endorsing Christine Drazen, the GOP nominee, who he actually served with in the Republican caucus in the state house, he said, Drazen has a track record of not working well with the team. And it's not just me saying that. She was more than happy to get rid of anyone who made her life more difficult. Ask former House Republican Chief of Staff Bruce Anderson or former House Republican leader Carl Wilson. So pretty inflammatory quote that he provided where he directly took on Christine Drazen. The Oregonian today reached out. They ran an article basically showcasing this endorsement. And in that article, Betsy Johnson pretty aggressively disowns the endorsement from Mike Nearman. Yeah, I'll go ahead and read that from the article. And then, Alex, I want to get your feedback from this on what you think about how this went down and what you think about Betsy Johnson's response, too. So the headline at the Oregonian reads, Betsy Johnson rejects endorsement of Mike Nearman, former lawmaker who helped rioters breach Oregon Capitol. And her quote is, I didn't ask for his endorsement. I don't want his endorsement. And I reject his endorsement, Johnson said in a statement on Friday. He broke the law. He incited violence at our Capitol. And he's an extremist. I reject his view and any extremist who would try to tear the state apart. That's why I'm running for governor. So it seems like she didn't even really want to entertain his endorsement, which is super interesting to me. Alex, what do you make of that? Yeah, so the, the thing I think is is most funny about this, and as I was texting earlier, is this is definitely one of those stories where I think a thousand people who follow politics too closely, like all of us, they're like, whoa, this is like a huge news story, and like <laughs> this is crazy, and like blah, blah. But at the end of the day, it like doesn't really actually matter to the average voter. Uh, at least I don't think so. Like I would be surprised if basically by Monday, 
the story was like gone in the wind and sort of like folks were moving on to other stuff. The thing that interests me the most though, and you see this in, in Nierman's quote when he emailed me is like, he's clearly actually trying to be helpful. And I think he is probably the most conservative Oregonian who has endorsed Johnson at this point. And part of her whole thing has been getting people from across the aisle who are center right, right? Like you have New Bueller, she has moderates, she has center left, she has some progressives. And then obviously if Nierman supports her, she has some folks who are much more conservative. So, you know, it's like a, it's, it's a pretty hard in the paint kind of rejection, I would say, but then, you know, like, oh, he did these horrible things and like, this is really bad. But then to go on TV and say, you know, Portland or maybe TV, I don't remember what it is, but like Portland's a roach infested city and like all this sort of other stuff. (laughs) And I always thought her sort of brand was, you know, to be kind of like the Trumpian, tell it how it is, uh, which I mean, I would say most people think that she is that way. But this was just kind of like a clear, I feel like communications PR error in that way. I kind of thought she would basically just say like, there goes the O again, like causing fake news about me or like these stupid stories that anyone don't care about. But it was like this very politician-y sort of denial slash apology or whatever. So I thought that was particularly interesting about this and just kind of how the political process has played out amongst the campaigns, especially as Senator Johnson has come under a lot more fire with a lot more news articles directed at her in recent days. So I'm curious of how this would kind of impact the the internal feeling of the campaign too, right? Like the people who are actually running it, because they're clearly probably feeling the heat right now, like they're under a lot of fire and it's very stressful to have to respond to things like this. So yeah, I think that was, that was definitely the most interesting thing to me with this. I mean, we had the, we published this on Monday and it's Friday right now. So it's not like we have a lot of other reporters to read the who read the lips off. So it's not like tons of people started writing stories about it immediately or anything like that. So yeah, I think a, a, a poor play on the Johnson campaign side for, you know, maybe Nearman basically just trying to provide her some support for conservative folks. So I think she probably needs to win some of those people, at least. I have a very different take than Alex, which is unsurprising, but like, I think literally every single one of Mike Nearman's Republican colleagues in the, in his caucus, the house Republican members voted to expel him. So I think he is actually a highly toxic figure. And I think the Johnson campaign knew that this would be pretty damaging to them, particularly to the type of like, you know, disaffected Portland voters, for example, that she thinks she needs to win to uh, win over to win the election. And I think like, I probably I'm interested, Reagan, what you think. I think Alex is probably right that this is mostly insiders who care and are paying attention. But the alternative point of view is, a, the Oregonian sent out a, a push alert with this article, which means like anyone who gets a notification from Oregon Live received it, which I'm sure is tens of thousands of people. And second of all, it also depends on what Tina Kotek's campaign and third party organizations do with it. If they want to remind people that, you know, an ins- a capital insurrectionist is supporting Betsy Johnson, that's a, a tool in their toolbox, for lack of a better phrase. That's something that they will use to try to hurt Betsy's campaign and paint her as uh, someone who's like extremely conservative, which Betsy does not want to be perceived as. So I don't know, Reagan, what did, what did you make of it? Well, one thing I wanted to note, and I'm going to try to pull this up while I'm talking, which is always dangerous, but Drazen just actually launched her first attack ad against Betsy. And what's kind of interesting about it is they call it Kate's squad. So she says Tina Kotek and Betsy Johnson have been driving Kate Brown's agenda for years, right? And so you're talking about what Kotek is trying to do in terms of framing Johnson as too conservative and Drazen, you know, taking that the the opposite approach, obviously painting her as a, uh, as a liberal and as a, you know, 20 year career Democrat in the legislature, right? And so it's about 
you know, what happens with that? Do both of those attacks cancel each other out? And that, that's the only way that Johnson really succeeds, right? Is if both of those attacks make it seem like the political parties are just trying to hang on to power and they want, and so voters then pivot to Johnson. But my take is that that is more likely to just implode uh, and cause Johnson to lose enough voters from both political parties that she won't be able to survive. The 538 kind of prediction estimates she gets about 10% of the vote. And I think that's about right. I think at the end of the day, even if she spends a ton of money, it's really just about which candidate can coalesce their voters that are currently with Johnson back to their party, right? And if Drazen does it first, she wins. And if Kotek does it first, she probably wins. In terms of like this particular story impact, it comes in a week where Johnson has recently just submitted all of her signatures. She's under attack for not turning over her tax returns, which Willamette Week requested earlier this week. And so I, it does feel a little bit like she's taking a lot of body blows. And so I'll be interested to see if they kind of respond over the next couple of weeks with attacks on their opponents, or if she really just continues to try to push her talking point, which is I'm rejecting both sides. So she's not going to say anything about them. She's going to say they're just say they're extremists and then pivot to her positive talking points, which is kind of what she's been doing before. But now we know she's a candidate. At least we really suspect that she's delivered about twice as many signatures she needs. So unless a lot of those signatures are bad, I expect the Secretary of State's going to certify her and we have ourselves an official three-way race for governor. Larry Sabato, Crystal Ball, just rated it a toss-up because I think a competitive three-way race just creates so many variables. And so it just makes it hard to predict what's going to happen, right? And so I think, you know, if more of these Mike Nierman style variables show up for Johnson or for Drazen or for Kotek, it's really just going to cause everyone to think that this race is winnable by anybody. And so that means there'll be, you'll see a ton of TV ads for every candidate. There will continually be outside money coming in for every candidate. And we'll just see one of the most expensive and tough governor's races than we've seen in a long time. So I don't know that that's a flaming hot take that's probably a medium to low mid simmer take um but <laughs> that's all i've got at this point i, I literally had to turn off my i had to turn off my audio i was it was just so hot that that, <laughs> that, that take was so. <laughs> thanks oh. alex I, I appreciate that i uh i will link in the show notes the liftoff newsletter where we broke the news i'll link the story in the oregonian where they cover the news including the response from the betsy johnson campaign but I do think, like, to your point about the money coming in, Reagan, like, each campaign is going to choose what their attack is on the other campaigns. And it's certainly going to be a three-way negative race. Like, they are all going to yep. be launching attack ads against each other, probably more at Johnson than at the other two, because I think they're both trying to sort of determine how voters view Betsy Johnson more than they care about how they necessarily view Kotek and Drazen. But yeah, the, each campaign is going to get to choose what attacks they use in those TV ads and mailers and digital ads and whatever. And this, I could definitely see this being part of what, like that, you know, speaking for myself, the Mike Nierman's situation is pretty bad. Like basically for those who don't remember, he opened the door at the Capitol that allowed some rioters to enter the building, state police. There's basically a standoff with state police. Legislators yep. were literally just, you know, up the stairs in the chamber, pretty scary moment all around. And so I think there's a lot of people who remember that and were troubled and offended by that who this does not look good. Um, so that's why that's why I think the response from Johnson makes sense, but I still think there's some damage done just from the nature of someone like that would want to see her as governor. But that's right. just my take. 
And yeah, Ben, I did just want to add to one thing I thought was interesting, right, is that it's not like I had reached out to Nierman and he had just randomly told me this. We had basically heard that he had been telling a number of people this and had actually told this to people at a GOP county meeting, which I thought was extremely interesting. And it's why I put it into Google because Mike Nierman was, I mean, obviously has made you know quite a lot of news for himself over the past two years. And is, I would say one of the most conservative state reps when he was in the House. And no one had written about this. So that was basically why we, uh, well, me, not we, but of course we wrote about it, uh, had reached out and then were able to publish this, which I think is you know, interesting that you know, that's just kind of a thing. Obviously, we do this on a part-time free basis and we're able to break at least what seems to be, I think, to a lot of the political world, some you know, pretty big news, I would say, for at least the next couple of days here. So I am going to be you know, interested to see if there's kind of other instances like us or other people who are maybe able to pull some of those things out into the governor's race and kind of insert them as well from the non-traditional journalist route. So I did think that was kind of a, I mean, obviously we were the ones who did it. So it's not like it's super interesting, like, whoa, how did this happen? Because we actively partook in it. But I do just think that's kind of interesting, right? I mean, I'm not a journalist. We're not paid to do this. And yeah, we were able to break a story basically that a major candidate had to respond to. Well, I'll close with this. Alex and Ben, you guys did great work here. I think that it really does show that Oregon 360 media, the bridge, the liftoff, the way are filling a gap that's there. And, you know, like we said, we're, we're hesitant to call ourselves journalists. We aren't really following a lot of, of the kind of guidelines and things that journalists will do. But we are trying to share information with people that will help build Oregon civic culture. And I think, you know, did that successfully today. And, you know, we successfully linked to the synergies of the liftoff and then allowed that to become a podcast here on the bridge. So and I'm sure um, I'm sure someone will have an op ed opinion about this that we can post on the way. So there you go. 360. If you have a tip, make sure you sign up for the liftoff and you can reach Alex or Ben. Uh, They protect their sources. That is one thing they do that journalists also do. Ben and Alex will protect their sources. So if you have a good story, not going to promise it gets published, but reach out and and we'll see what we can do. And then I just wanted to note that it looks like a couple of days ago, Kotech picked up 500K from the Democratic Governance Association. They're in for 1.3. RGA is in for 1.5 for Drazen. Phil Knight is in for who knows how much. For Betsy Johnson, it's going to be an expensive governor's race. Before you let it go, one thing I will Thanks. say, like, like, uh, <laughs> not only are we not journalists, but like, I'm obviously supporting and voting for Tina Kotek. Reagan is obviously supporting and voting for Christine Drazen. Alex Titus. Alex is obviously Betsy Johnson. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. He's going to vote from Florida for her. It's going to be a, a story that we break in the lift off of voter fraud. <laughs> Biggest voter fraud in Oregon to ever take place. <laughs> but anyway, Why did Ron I did, DeSantis like, do this to us? Like the, the, our, our philosophy is that A, we're not journalists, but B, we are pretty transparent about where we're coming at this from. So you can judge yep. whatever we write or say with that context in mind. But anyway, close us out, Reagan. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate you all joining us, listening to this uh, emergency pod. Please share the podcast. Please rate the podcast in iTunes and Spotify, everywhere you get your podcast. YouTube, you can even subscribe. Um, I I hear tales that you have to click a bell to get notified. So do that maybe um, if there's a button for that. Thank you so much. See you, everyone.